Today, I want to talk a little bit about a hot topic, right? Uh, what I want to talk to you about is how will the church respond post-election or after the election? How will the church do life? Is that okay? Can I talk about that today? We can talk about that today, right? You've made a commitment to forgive your pastor already, right? Everybody? Everybody? Okay. All right. Well, this is the first Sunday after the elections on Tuesday, and I'm sure that in a beautiful room like this, with a church like this, multicultural church with a whole bunch of diversity, that there's a difference of thoughts and opinions on the election of Donald Trump as president. Some probably feel relieved, while others feel stressed out. Some feel at peace, while others are very afraid. Some are happy and others are very angry. Some feel like they've been heard, like their voice has finally been heard, while others feel like they've been rejected all over again. I would like to say that if we would actually be able to sit down and have reverence for one another and actually talk about our position and, and why someone would vote a certain way and vote another, I would like to say that we probably would be able to say, I see now why you see things from that perspective. We may be able to say, man, I understand. I see and I understand. We may be able to say, hey, I see, I understand, but I disagree. And be able to do that respectfully. But in doing so, if we were able to just sit down and have a chat and talk about our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, and our concerns. And being able to just listen to each other, even though we disagree, what we do is give each other a voice. And giving each other a voice, we give each other value. Giving each other value, we honor each other, not just for our sake. We honor each other according to God's word. So it's very important today to understand that we, we love the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the church of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, which means that we all have, with all kinds of different perspectives, different things that we value more than others in regards to morality and the way we treat others and so forth. And all of that and all of our experiences will affect the way that we see what needs to be done best for this nation. However, we are all the kingdom of God. We are all children of God. And there is a reverence that God demands out of me the way I treat Dave, even though he eats deer. I can't believe it, right? There is a reverence that the Lord demands of me, and there's a reverence that benefits me in giving you because you're made in the image of God. Are you with me? You're made in the image of God. Now, just a few weeks ago, I preached a message where I said very boldly that Hillary and Donald are very good for the church for the following reasons. You remember that? Some of you are here shared with you why Hillary and Donald Trump were good for the church. Number one, because they remind us to put our faith and trust in Jesus and not in any government. Right? Number one, hey, when you look at them, something in you should say, you know, I should keep my faith in Jesus. <laughs> I should put my trust in the Lord. There is something about us, if we were honest about Americans, that we do, in a sense, hope for that one figure that would somehow turn things around. We are, as humans, built to give credit to humanity. But that's always been proven to be incorrect throughout all generations, in every nation, in every kingdom. And Hillary and Trump remind us, Jesus is the only one worthy of that kind of adoration. Secondly, I said that uh, uh, I, 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 want, I want to remind you 
in the midst of this, of putting our faith and trust in Jesus, Jews and Romans wanted it their way. In the times of Jesus, there were Romans who said, you know, they wanted the Roman kingdom, kingdom and there were Jews who wanted to overthrow the Roman kingdom. And, and his disciples had that idea of overthrowing the Roman kingdom. And you know, Jesus could care less. He didn't address the Roman kingdom at all. He really didn't address any of those things. He just, he just talked about the kingdom. And I think that needs to be the position of the church. Secondly, Hillary and Trump are good for the church, I told you, because they remind us that we are living in the last days, and they, ha- they help us gain perspective. <laughs> One of the problems with the church, I believe, is that we forget that we're living in the end days. And what happens when we don't live with the end days in mind is that we invest in the wrong things. Not only our finances, but the way that we do relationships, the way that we treat each other, the way we do life. It's important to keep the end in mind. And Hillary and Trump sure remind us that we're living in the end days. And then I told you, the last thing, I reminded you that this world is not our home. They remind us, Hillary and Trump remind us that this world is not our home. Following Jesus demands that we keep in mind that this is Babylon. America is Babylon. Italy is Babylon. Iraq is Babylon. Syria is Babylon. We don't belong here. We belong to the Lord, and he's preparing a home for us. Listen, church, I'm going to say something very bold. If we don't put our faith and trust fully in Jesus and live our lives with the end in mind, understanding that this is not our home, we're going to be ineffective as believers. We're going to be ineffective as believers. If we cannot live our lives fully trusting in the Lord and learning how to trust in him, Understanding that keeping the end in mind and understanding that this world is not our home. We're not operating in that. We're not operating in that. We're not going to be, we're not operating in that. Whoa. (laughs) We're not going to be effective as believers. So what next? What next? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here as a church, as believers? How do we? Where do we go from here as a church? Let me address different people groups that may be here or different perspectives that may be here. Number one, if you have a sense of relief because a a Trump win speaks to you of a moral win and speaks to you of a a religious win of, of one way or another, let me just say this. Don't let that relief become your deception. Change does not begin with the president-elect. Change begins with the church. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The healing of our land, the healing of our people, Right? The forgiveness of God will not come because of a precedent. It comes because of the people of God. And I am concerned, church, that a large part of us who feel like this was a moral victory, that a large part of us are going to relax on our post to pray, to walk out repentance, to, to be before God and plead for His mercy for our nation because we think that this win allows us to relax. Don't let that be your deception. The church needs to stand in her post. 
There are times in the Bible where Israel thought that they were safe because now they trusted in Egypt. Or they had a certain kingdom. They said, you trust in your horses and your chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord. Be careful what we're, what we're putting our trust in. I'm, again, afraid that a portion of the church would loosen their resolve to position themselves in prayer. Remember, if revival will come to this nation, if we will experience revival, it's because we will allow, allow the Lord to deal with us. We will stand our position and believe the authority that God has given us. Second, if a Trump win is devastating to you, can I say this? Don't let your frustration become your offense. Don't let your frustration become your offense. You are valuable, and your disposition in the midst of this matters. You are valuable, and your disposition matters. Now, I understand that there are uh, many of us, many I'm talking about the church as a whole, who see Trump's win as a failure because of the way that he treats others and how offensive he has been and the things that he has declared about other people groups, which doesn't line up, again, obviously with the kingdom mandate in regards to the people groups. However, do not let your offense, do not let your frustration become an offense that keeps you from taking your place in the kingdom. God says about you, you're valuable. And God says that your disposition matters. Again, we are in Babylon, remember? And Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bless you, to give you a hope and a future, not to harm you. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God declared this, to a people who were going into exile. They were going into a place where they had no control over what was going to happen. God declared this over Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. You remember them, boys? What did they do? Did they buck against the system? Did they try to fight against Nebuchadnezzar? Did they try to fight against the kingdom of the world? No, instead they made up their mind, I will serve the Lord, and I will not defile myself with the things of this world. And they set an example for a secular kingdom. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their stories are told today. Why? Not because they necessarily revolted or, or rebelled, but rather because they made up their mind to serve the Lord in the midst of a home of a place that was not their own. What America needs today is Daniel's, Shadrach, Meshach's, and Abednego's and Esther's. Are you with me? People who are in a secular kingdom, in the secular world, they say to themselves, this world is not my home. This world is not my home. I don't belong here. But while I'm here, I'm on pilgrimage for Jesus. And I'm going to live my life trusting in Him and representing Him. Remember also, again, Keep in mind, church, we need to keep in mind, regardless of how you see this election, that if you do not see America as not your home to a certain level, it's going to render you incapable of being a good witness. And I know that's very hard 
because we've been ingrained to love this nation. We love this nation. We pray for God to, to bless this nation. We pray for the presence of God in this nation. We pray for equality. We pray for freedom. We pray for the racial tension to cease. We pray for, for uh, the righteous to rise. We pray for justice. We pray for these things. God teaches us, pray that your nation prosper, that Babylon prospers, for if it prospers, you too will prosper. So we have to learn to do life here and pray for its best, but you and I have to understand our bags are packed. And again, I'll say it, as Americans, it's hard for us. It's hard. That's the hardest thing to put on the cross. Can we admit it? It's hard to put on the cross. This world is not our home. Third, church, I think we need to pray for the sermon. I think we need to take the time to pray for the sermon. So post-election, how should we live our lives? Number one, don't think this election is a relief. You still need to keep your post in prayer. Number two, don't let this election frustrate you to the point that you're offended and you miss out on the fact that God has a purpose for you throughout this time. And third, church, can I say this? We need to pray for God to give us discernment. God to give us great discernment. It's very clear. And this is where I'm going to call you to engage with me. Number one, it's very clear that God, again, wants us to understand that we are called to serve here, engage here, even vote here. Do the best that we can to promote justice and peace and righteousness and do that understanding that we are living here not for this kingdom, but for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. The church needs discernment. What's the discernment? We need to separate the kingdom of this world from the kingdom of God. Are you with me? We need to separate that in our mind. Jesus was walking around with his disciples, and his disciples were all, always calling him to make that allegiance. They wanted him to be more Jewish, in a sense, more religious, more against Rome. The very end, after Jesus rose from the grave, they said, Are you now going to overthrow the kingdom of the Romans? Are we now going to lay the smack down on those Romans? He said, No. I'm not talking about that kingdom. I'm talking about this kingdom. Right? And he was beginning to shape and form. There's a difference. It's a big difference. And we as a church need to know the difference. So what I want to do now is I want to take the time to pray. Let's pray right now. God teaches the difference that we may live for your kingdom instead of these kingdoms. Teaches the difference. How do we go about that? How do we go about living that way? Give us eyes to see and teach us to live for your kingdom in the midst of this world. Somebody lead us in prayer that way. Just as the Lord lead you, would you raise your voice and pray?
Yes. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jack. God, give us discernment that we would separate your kingdom from the kingdoms of this world. In Jesus' name. Now we pray, need to pray for another level of discernment. We need to learn to discern that our brother is not our enemy. We need to learn to discern that our brother is not our enemy. And church, why do I have to say that? We, we should know that, right? Why do I have to say that? Well, just go to social media and you'll find out. The way that we treat each other and the way that we speak about each other post-election really matters. The way we treat each other and the way that we direct each other and the way that we speak to those believers, brothers in Christ, who may have a different perspective on this election, it matters how we treat each other. We don't have to necessarily agree, but we do have to be reverent towards each other. And I want to take the time to pray, Lord God, help us to have reverence for each other, to discern when I'm attacking my brother instead of standing against the kingdom of the enemy. Are you with me? We need to discern that difference. We need to discern that difference. The Word of God teaches us, they will know that you belong to me by the love that you have for one another. And trust me, there's a bunch of people out there who don't know Jesus who are looking at the way that we interact with each other to make, to make their judgments on whether they'll come closer or further away from Jesus. You and the way you treat those who are believers is the number one determining factor on how close or how far people will go from Jesus. Do you understand that? You and the way you treat others, even in disagreement, even in disagreement, is the number one determining factor of whether people will draw closer or further from Jesus. Because the world will know that you belong to Him by the love that you have for one another. So I want to pray for discernment, and I also want to pray repentance. Take the time to pray, God, forgive us for the way that we've treated each other. And Lord God, teach us to honor each other, to know the difference, that we would not attack our brothers and our sisters, but attack the kingdom of darkness. Somebody lead us in prayer that way. Somebody here in the congregation, just pray as, as the Lord just put it, puts it in your heart. Yes. Yes, God. Hmm. 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 
Yes, God. Yes, God. We all do, Lord. Hmm. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for discernment to know the difference between the kingdoms of the world and your kingdom. And we thank you for discernment that we would treat each other with reverence, God, that we would know the difference between attacking the kingdom of darkness and attacking our brother and sister teach us lord to have reverence for each other lord thank you lord thank you brother matt appreciate you praying so how do we do life post-election third thing i want to pray for is that the church would live the great commandment and live the great commission what's the great commandment that we would love the lord our god with all our heart soul and strength right and that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. And what's the Great Commission? That we would go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey the commands of the Lord Jesus, and reminding them that as they do that, that the Lord is with them always, even unto the end of the age. What is the answer to all the tension and to all the divide? A church that lives the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Because if we love God and love one another, and we'll go about reaching other people that we don't know trying to bring them into the kingdom if we go about reaching all nations which means a diversity a multiculturalism if we go about reaching them with the love of the father and baptizing them in the name of the father and the son of the holy spirit you know what that means it's not only baptize baptism in water but it means bringing them into our community doing life with them, having fellowship with them, embracing them and integrating them for who they are. That's what that means. And bringing them into communion with all of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If we go about that, you'll, you'll find that we, we are called to be the answer. We're, we're the answer to every racial tension. We're the answer to every divide. Where the answer? The love of God in us, the presence of God in us is the answer. Not the government, not our president-elect, not the Democrats. You know, Obama was president for eight years, a man who was highly diverse, who was very much about going to different cultures and embracing them. That's something that he did well. And look, is there still racial tension? 
Trump is president now, I have an idea that that racial tension Trump is not going to solve. And it's not because of Trump and it's not because of Obama. It's because God didn't give that to them to do. He gave it to us. It's our job. I'm going to stop putting my job description on somebody else. It's my job to love. It's my job to embrace. It's my job to reach. It is my job to have reverence. It is my job to give value. It's the job of the church. Would you stand with me today? Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me, O God, help us to live the great commandment and the great commission. Lord, as we come before you, we pray, O God, that we would learn to walk this out. That you would give us a heart that would reach in love towards each other. That you would show us that the kingdom of God, that, that the church only works when they understand that we are codependent on each other. In other words, we are ineffective, ineffective if we don't recognize that we depend on each other. And thank you, Lord God, that you've called us to depend on people who think radically different than we do in some things. But thank you that what we, what we do agree on is more valuable, who you are, what you've done, and what you've called us to do. <laughs> Lord, thank you that making disciples doesn't mean that people have to look like me. Making disciples mean that people have to look like you. <laughs> Lord, teach us to be about your kingdom and not about preference. Father, there are so many things that need to be settled in our hearts. So many things that I believe you still got to teach us about living the great commandment and living the great commission. Would you teach us? Would you instruct us? And Lord, as kingdoms change, as government change, let your church be constant. Let your church be about loving you, loving others, and fulfilling your great commission. Loving you, loving others, and fulfilling your great commission. Lord God, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen. Maybe you're here today and you have, you have this heart, this ardent passion. You're saying, Pastor, I want to live past the election. I want to survive. I want to survive election 2016. And I want to do more than survive. I want to be more than a conqueror. I want to be like a Daniel, a Shadrach, a Meshach, and an Abednego. And I want God to use me for his glory. For the next, until he comes back, I want Jesus to use me for his glory. I want to be recognized as a person with an excellent spirit because my focus is Jesus and not the things of this world. You're saying today you want to commit to be that in your community. You want to commit to be that in your family. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? Lord. Lord, right now, I think of Esther's. Esther stood up before the king when it was time. You prepared her for such a time. 
Lord, as I look at my sisters who are here, who raised their hand, who want to be recognized as people of your spirit, of your presence, Lord, make, let them know that they are Esther's, that they are chosen by you, and that you have appointed them for this time. Lord, thank you, God, that we are all Daniels, that we are all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, appointed this time to give you the glory and the honor. But you, Lord, help us to focus on you, to bless you. Remind us in the midst of the fiery furnace that you've called us to give you the glory and the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I want to do something different. The Lord just put in in my mind. We have a brother, and there are many of us um, here who, uh, let, let me just start again. There are many of us who served this country and who served in the military who are veterans. This is Veterans uh, uh, Weekend, right? And so I want to take the time. If you're here and you've served, would you raise your hand right where you're at so that we can recognize you? Brother Matt, Ken, Jim, thank you so much. Father, thank you for our veterans. Thank you, Lord God, that they fought and paid the price for the free world. <laughs> Even though this is not our home, they went all out about providing a place where we can have freedom here on earth. And Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for their great sacrifice. And I thank you for the sacrifice that many soldiers are making right now so that we can have a democracy. So that we can, uh, so that we can live in freedom. And freedoms really that we've enjoyed and the church has greatly enjoyed. Thank you that we're not living in a persecuted country. That we can preach good news and gather in a building like this and celebrate you. Thank you, Lord, for those soldiers who paid the price to pave the way in so many ways. Today I want to lift up Benjamin, Lord. Ben and Monica's son, who will be going to Syria area, I believe, to, to train soldiers. And Lord, I just pray your presence right now. To cover him, to protect my brother. To give him peace. To be a Daniel. To be used by you mightily to bring people to know you. God, that in the way that he would do life, the way that he wears that uniform, that it will point to you and give you the glory and the honor. I bless you for him. I thank you for him. Lord, thank you for who you are. Let's sing this song and let's, uh, let's dismiss today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. How I prove.